0: Hey friends, are you in search of something special to set your portraits apart? If you are, I'm excited to share Willow Canvas with you. Willow Canvas is a mother owned company that creates beautiful hand painted fine art backdrops. Willow Canvas offers a wide range of sizes to fit your space, whether you're traveling or in the studio. Each Willow Canvas is soft and neutral with a texture and tone that will complement your branding. Sarah, the artist behind Willow Canvas is one of our favorites She's so sweet and kind and dedicated to delivering personalized customer service with three ordering options, ready to ship, custom, or pre-order based on your chosen hues and textures. All of us at the Motherhood Anthology absolutely love Willow Canvas for its amazing customer service, beautiful colors, and exceptional quality. Discover the magic of Willow Canvas by heading over to their website at willowcanvasbackdrops.com, browse their beautiful galleries, and start creating the perfect backdrop for your photography. Find them on Instagram at willow underscore canvas or visit willowcanvasbackdrops.com and join their email list for a 10% discount on your purchase today.
1: I feel like I know myself quite well as an artist. I've always struggled with marketing and just, I really have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to SEO and I'm an introvert. So putting myself out there is very scary. So yeah, just knowing if there's one thing in particular I should be focusing on with marketing, how can I best invest my energy and my time?
0: Hi friends! In today's episode, you get to listen in on a TMA case study featuring the entire TMA team, Jenny, Allison, and myself, as we coach and mentor TMA member Jojo Weldon of Joanna Briggs Photography. After 10 years in the wedding industry, Joanna wants to move away from shooting weddings to build a business that fits better around her family life. She recently opened a studio that focuses on maternity sessions, and I just have to say, Joanna is just so lovely. So now I present to you episode number 67 of the Motherhood Anthology podcast. Hey, Joanna, let's just start, if you would, and tell us about yourself, where you are. Tell us a little about you and your business. Sure. I've been a photographer for about
1: 15 years now. I've been doing weddings for 10 years, and I absolutely love weddings. They're so special, but I have this feeling right now in my gut that there's something different calling me and I became a mother four years ago and I think that has a big part of it it's really opened my eyes to what it's like being a mum being a parent and it's shown me the beauty as well as all of the hard parts of being a mum and I really want to help people celebrate that I want to help people see the special moments in their lives and help people celebrate that. I'm sold.
2: <laughs> That's That sounds so lovely. Okay. I feel like it's such a natural progression. If you do weddings, not that you have to do them to start, but once you start having kids, it's just a different kind of what you love and love to photograph changes a little bit. And you can just naturally progress into more family and motherhood stuff, right? Yeah, definitely.
1: And I think also what you need from your business changes (laughs) as you grow through life, like what your priorities are change and the way that you see life changes as well. And I think that sometimes we can get stuck in our businesses and it's not necessarily a bad thing to keep doing the same thing if you're happy and you love it. But sometimes I think it's okay to also try new things and not be afraid to do that. And that's where I'm feeling I'm at the moment. I just want to open my doors and see
0: what comes my way. That makes sense.
2: Totally. Totally.
0: Do you plan on continuing to shoot weddings?
1: At the moment, I think I'm going to keep my options open. I'm going to maybe take on a small number every year and just be really selective about the ones that I say yes to because... I do still love them and I get such a thrill from shooting weddings and they are like such special events to be a part of. I feel really privileged to be a part of them. Um, But I definitely want to take my business more in a direction of shooting families and shooting maternity and have a little bit more consistency throughout my year and a little bit more flexibility because you can't reschedule a wedding if your child is sick you can't just change things like that at short notice and that's the thing that stresses me out the most I think is not having that flexibility to be able to it's that stress of what if something happens in my personal life and I've got to go shoot a wedding what am I going to do and I want to take away
2: that stress from myself as much as I can.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah I feel that a lot and Kim is probably the best one to speak on this because she's done the most weddings for sure of, of mm-hmm. us and still does. Well, Kim, you're everybody still does some of both with you, but for me, I quickly mm-hmm. learned that was that just added an extra bit of stress and anxiety that I was like, I don't need to deal with this. <laughs> yeah, because it is, it's so like concrete and then it can be so seasonal too for a lot of wedding photographers, depending on your seasons and when it's too warm, when it's too cold. I feel like a lot of my wedding photographer friends here in Tennessee, they have really busy months and then months where they are like looking at nothing. And that's hard to not have that consistency for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think that's true in the UK because it does get quite cold and it's It can be really rainy throughout the summer as well, but it's definitely more of a seasonal thing here. You do have winter weddings here as well. It's not so cold that you can't, but Mm
3: -hmm.
1: it is much a seasonal
0: industry here as well. So I'm curious, what's a typical wedding day like in the UK? I'm wondering if it's similar to the wedding world here. Is it a 10-hour day?
1: Yes, yes. I think it's probably not that different first looks aren't really a thing here so there is like less of the kind of formal posing stuff before the ceremony we do that afterwards Mm -hmm. but I think otherwise it's very similar I think maybe you guys do some dancing before the speeches sometimes which we don't do we do all the dancing later on
0: Mm
1: -hmm. but yeah I think otherwise it's pretty similar
0: it's still a very long day Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I feel you. I shot weddings for almost 20 years and Um, I always went back and forth between this tug of, I just work one day a week and I have all the rest of the week to be with my kids. But the longer I did it, the more I realized that family life seemed to happen on Saturdays. And I just started to feel really bad about packing up on the day when baseball and family breakfast and all the things happened and I was gone and they were in bed by the time I got home when so I totally understand even though I love it I do really enjoy photographing weddings it was just like you just trade a lot to do it very often I think
1: yeah yeah you're right and I think as your children grow you realize that time really does go so fast and you get to see them less and less as their world expands. Mm-hmm. So I
0: just don't want to miss out on the time that I have while he's so little. And you start to, to resent a little bit that you're capturing all these mem- memories for other families and you feel like you're missing out on your own. Yeah, definitely. So you opened a studio recently. Yes. Did you do that in hopes of building this new business? Is that your plan?
1: Absolutely, yeah. So I have an office outside of my home, which has been amazing in itself to have somewhere I can go and do all my editing and and come home at the end of the day and leave work at work. And this space, literally right next door to my office came available and I thought it was the perfect time to just try it out and see. So I made it into a studio. My husband helped me transform it. And it's a small space, but um it's just big enough for me to do what I want to do in there. So my main focus in there is doing maternity portraits. Um I love photographing women, I love making them feel beautiful and I love pretty dresses and pretty flowers, and I want to take all of that and just create beautiful images and I shoot film as well. So I just took all of my favorite things that I love and bring me joy and thought, how can I make that into a business that can sustain me and also just
0: make me really happy? Let's just dive into, I know you had some questions some things that you wanted to talk through. So yeah, let's just start with that. What do you find is like your, what pain points are you dealing with? So for me, I I feel like I know myself quite well
1: as an artist. I've always struggled with marketing and just, I really have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to SEO and I'm an introvert. So putting myself out there is very scary. I'm not very good at the whole Instagram thing anymore. I used to be quite good. And then Mm -hmm. I stopped at some point and I I think once you get off that train, it's really hard to get back on it and get back into it. So yeah, just knowing if there's one thing in particular I should be focusing on with marketing, how can I best invest my energy and my time?
2: Great. First of all, so I have your Instagram and your website open. First of all, your work is amazing. I feel like the people who are really amazing at their art and know what they want to do and are really like, like you said, in tune with what you want, have the hardest time marketing because your mind is so artistic and your vision is so artistic. And then you have the business side and you're like, but what do I do with it all? Right. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I do think you mentioned SEO, do you feel like you have optimized your website for that? Are you still needing to do that? And what is your, do you know your Google rank for like your top few keywords? So I've
1: actually just recently changed my website over to WordPress because I was using that and I've heard everything about how bad it was for SEO. So I was like, okay, I need to change this. I definitely have a lot of work that I need to do and make sure that I've got all the right keywords in all the right places and and learn more about how all that works. And I don't think I'm ranking at all for any of my keywords. So I'm extremely low. So I think that that
3: definitely needs work. So I'm going to chime in really quick. First off, I agree with Jenny, your work, and I said this inside of the community is just stunning, like absolutely stunning. I always feel and I think that Jenny will agree with this, like, whenever we find somebody that's I need to figure out like how to find my people I'm I'm I know what I what kind of art I want to produce we always find this little gold mind of a photographer where I'm like I want to be like them like their work is so beautiful and that's how you are so I I feel like if we can help you with reaching your ideal client it's you're just going to knock it out of the park I have your website open right now and I'm looking at your main keyword, which you have as Birmingham family photographer, yeah. but then you have some H2s as Birmingham maternity photographer and Birmingham newborn photographer. And so one of the best, biggest things that you can do for marketing is making sure that your SEO is like on point. And inside of membership, we have like finding your keywords and knowing how to label those, especially on like your homepage of your website. And so you'll want to just pick one main keyword, like the keyword that you really want to focus on. So if it's Birmingham maternity photographer or newborn photographer or family photographer, you'll want to figure out like how much traffic that actually pulls and then weigh the pros and cons of each one, and then just choose one for your main page. And doing that and just optimizing the main page of your website alone is going to start helping you rank on Google and helping your SEO so that you can start reaching your potential clients. Okay, cool. And
0: Jenny and Allison, they're the experts with all that. But I want to say, like, when I ask you to tell me about your business, And you told me, you you just told us how how you're pulled to maternity and how that speaks to you. And you said it in such a lovely, warm way that I think you just need to find a way to, to be yourself and communicate that to your clients because it was just so beautiful and sincere. And I think people really gravitate towards that. And so often we talk to people about just... They're looking for their style or they're looking for a way to attract their ideal client. And we always say, you have to find what the thing that it is that you love or the thing that you want to sell. And you just said it so beautifully. It was just sincere and genuine and beautiful that I wanted whatever you were selling Mm -hmm. and find a way to just be yourself and communicate that over and over. And I think that that's going to go a long way as well.
1: well. Thank you.
0: Yeah, if you could bring that lovely voice to America (laughs) there, maybe it doesn't stand out as much as it, but it's just so warm and beautiful and you would sell lots here for sure.
1: Yeah,
2: and I feel like we say this all the time, but I think for you, especially like you have such a strong grasp on your style in general, what you want to shoot, what you don't want to shoot. I think for you, it's going to come down to a lot of consistency. And I think where people, a lot of people struggle that don't feel super established or feel like they need help is they're just not consistent with things like marketing, things like posting on Instagram. Like you said, you used to be really on top of that and then it gets away. And I totally get that. I would, well, Aside from outsourcing, I would do anything to not ever open Instagram again, but still like <laughs> make myself host at least a few times a week, be in stories a few, at least a few times a week. I think just being consistent with what you are sharing on Instagram from images to things like colors and your visual branding, like in your stories and things like that. Being consistent with that, plus being consistent with the time and like quantity aspect, that goes such a long way. It's a slow, like a slower burn, but it goes a long way for marketing. Once you start building that up, you can just keep it up versus feeling like you're constantly going uphill and fighting that battle. But it's hard because I think so many don't see automatic results. And so they're like, I just stopped doing that. But you really just can't, you can't stop, <laughs> which yeah. is good news and bad news at the same time. I, I also feel like
1: Instagram has changed so much. And when I was good at Instagram, I used to get so much more engagement. And I guess that's kind of part of the game anyway, but like the algorithm and everything seems to have changed where they would like, they want different types of content now. And it's, it can feel so over- overwhelming sometimes to know exactly what you should be putting out there and making sure that you you are spending your time
2: wisely I agree I think I think if it helps any they change it all the time and nobody really nobody's privy to that information nobody truly knows what the algorithm wants today or next week or in six months and so I think just being like authentically you and doing what you, What feels natural to you? Maybe for you, it's like reels and behind the scenes. For me, I really have to push myself to do those. That's not what I focus on. But I have found that when, like, when I used to blog sessions, which I still do, for me, blogging was a way to share a lot from one session and really share more in depth of what a session looks like versus one or two on Instagram. Whereas now I've found that, like, when I share a carousel post on Instagram and get 10 or more images in there. You can do more more than one image on a page if you want to do a collage or something, but typically I'll do 10. Those typically get, people really like those. And for me, even if Instagram is saying, hey, we want reels and videos. I know that for me, those do really well. If I just post a carousel, my 10 favorite images from one session, and I'm just trying to be consistent with that and try to do that at least once or twice a week and then sneak peeks and things like that mixed in. So I don't think you have to stress so much about the algorithm and what Instagram wants and just try to be consistent with something that feels right for your brand. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think I am guilty of overthinking
1: things a lot. And then (laughs) that overwhelm just makes me not post anything.
2: (laughs) Yes. It's well, and it's so easy to do because you're like, I want to, if I'm going to spend the time, I want to do it. But I've just decided that we're never going to really know what's and what Instagram wants and just keep rolling and keep pushing up the hill. And the more you can share, the more consistent you can share, the more Mm -hmm. eyes that you'll get on it. The hashtags, the local hashtags that you can use, like it all
3: will add up eventually. Yeah, Joanna, one more thing that I wanted to tell you too, whenever I was like Googling for you, I noticed that your Google business profile isn't set up all the way. And so if you spend some time on that, that will also help because right now it looks like you're set up for a region. And if you now, especially because you have a studio, if you register that studio on Google maps and you complete that profile, that will also really help you pull in people that are local to you and pop up in search results that way as well. Okay, great. That's really helpful. Thank you. Yeah. So
0: what else, Joanna? I know you wanted to chat as well about communicating like value to clients after a price increase. Have you had some issue with that?
1: Yeah, not necessarily. I haven't had any like pushback or anything like that. It's more so because I I have been doing family sessions on the side of weddings for quite a long time. And They were just something that I never really thought too much about. And I just had this random price that I picked out of thin air for them and did it all inclusive. And and so since I launched the studio and I've been trying to post more about that and push it a little bit, and I learned so much from TMA, my prices have increased quite a lot for my portrait sessions. So the people that I've had book me in the past... They've inquired to book again and they said, You're worth every penny and we love your work, but we just can't. It's more than we were looking to spend right now. And I don't know whether it's a case of me just needing to find a new client base or whether it is possible to communicate better with previous clients to bring them with me.
2: Mm-hmm. I think, part, I think it's probably like a little bit of both. I think when you do, do a big price increase, you're automatically going to lose a lot of clients that mm. your business had built up. And that's the hard part. That's That's one of the reasons we're like, please don't start out super cheap because you do all that work and then you realize that you do have to increase your prices eventually. And if it's a significant increase, you are going to lose some. I think you'll find that some stay, but yeah, you will probably have the most luck with new inquiries and new people finding you who have no idea that maybe six months ago you were so much cheaper or whatnot. And they have no idea that it was a big increase, but I think overall your work and your brand so far is, is not communicating that. I think you, you are well worth the price increase.
3: I think also, Joanna, we see this a lot with wedding photographers that are transitioning into newborn maternity family, where previously they've seen family sessions on the side as like extra, where Mm -hmm. weddings has been their bread and butter. And so they're like, oh, I'll just do a family session for an extra 400. And they don't really price that based on an actual cost of doing business. And so then when they actually switch over and they run their numbers and they price it accordingly, then they have to lose that client base that they've built based off of the the previous pricing, because it's actually not sustainable whenever they've run those numbers. And so it's hard. So I think that- but you're going through what so many other people have gone through when transitioning from weddings to maternity newborn young families. I think that you do have like a pool to reach out to because you've done weddings before. So if you've not done family sessions for some people, I think that you could market to them. and especially if they've if they're to a point where they've they have kiddos, you can bring them in. But I think a lot of it's going to be like what Jenny said where, you're going to have to do that, do the SEO, reach people that are new to you. Because when it's all said and done, like I said this inside of the, like on the post where inside of membership where you originally posted with us, but your work to me conveys like high end. Like I would not expect mm-hmm. to pay pennies for what you're, what you're putting out there. So I think that a lot of it's just going to be reteaching people what you're worth and, what you're asking for.
2: A hundred percent. It's a
3: really hard lesson
2: to learn, but I feel like one that Allison said most wedding photographers learn at some point is their wedding pricing is subsidizing their portrait pricing. And if they had to take away weddings and only do portraits full time at the prices that they were charging along with weddings, they would soon find out that, wow, that is actually not at all going to make me like a profit in a livable salary and things like that. And so it's, You're not alone there at all.
1: Yeah, definitely. I know so many other photographers have shared the same experience. And it's so hard because you just don't think about it. You don't consider it at all Mm -hmm.
3: until you have to. Well, it's like... It's you don't know what you don't know. I wasn't even a wedding photographer, but when I first started out, I just looked around and figured out what other people were charging and charged that because I thought that's how you did things. I guess it really doesn't matter (laughs) if you're a wedding (laughs) photographer or not. You just, If you price yourself low and then you realize, oh, this isn't sustainable, then you really just have to lose that entire client base and redo everything and start from scratch in order to be profitable and sustainable in your business.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm okay with that as well, is knowing whether it's worth
3: the time and energy of trying to bring people with me. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. hundred percent. I, I think that really, truly some very, I say simple, it's not, they're not simple, but it is, it, It is worth your time and effort and energy to make those tweaks to your homepage and your other main pages on your website, to redo the Google business profile and to pick what you can deliver consistently to Instagram and then do that. All three of those things are going to make a considerable difference to your presence where your ideal client can find you. Yeah. Joanna, is it similar
0: there where people are used to paying a premium for weddings, but then not as much for portraits?
1: Definitely. I I think more so here that people don't really value family portraits the same way as they do over in America. Mm -hmm. People just don't really want to spend money on them. So its it does feel like a bit of an uphill battle. But I know that there are plenty of people here that will spend the money and that will value it
2: so I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it anyway yeah I think you can find them and I think just that understated elegance and femininity and natural I don't know your work is just so beautiful that I think you can easily communicate that and show clients like why it's worth it. And maybe figuring out, okay, your ideal client, what do they really value and how can you serve them in that way? Um, and that may be different than a lot of clients here, or it may be the same. But I think getting to know and you have this advantage because you got to know those brides and things like that. You can know what really they care about when they're hiring somebody for any kind of service like this, but especially photos and stuff like that. Mm. Yeah.
0: And two, I think from my experience, when you're coming from weddings, which is, I feel like people are willing to spend more because it's a once in a lifetime thing, transitioning to maternity, newborn sort of photography <clears throat> versus family photography. It's a pretty easy sell because again, I think people, especially the first new baby, that's a, it's a once in a lifetime, exciting new thing that I think people are willing to invest in. And I know that, and we'll talk next about pricing structures. And I think you were all inclusive before. And I think it's easier when you're trying to make up that wedding money with portrait income. It's, it was easier for me to Break that up into a la carte where it's a creative fee and then they have the session, then they order the product, and then maybe they're doing a membership. So they're coming back multiple times. When you, it's easier to break that up and charge a little bit here, a little bit there, versus you want all that upfront. Sometimes that makes it much easier. Do you want to talk about that pricing structures and maybe some of the questions you had around that?
1: Yeah so i posted in the group the other day about i was having a little bit of a wobble about whether i was doing the right thing and whether it was going to be successful here in the uk because everyone that i can see seems to be including something in their initial fee Mm -hmm. and i was just i'm so used to as well being a wedding photographer i'm so used to including the full gallery with the wedding collections that i do um and then before i joined tma i was doing portrait sessions that were all inclusive as well i also like the simplicity of of an all-inclusive price i like that it's all laid out for people to they can see exactly what they're going to get up front before they even book but since joining tma i've really learned so much about the possibilities of what sales you can make and also The things that you can provide for people, these amazing products that I've never sold to any of my clients. And I really feel quite passionate about having them having these products in their homes now, like these beautiful frames and albums and these print boxes that I'm having made. And I just, I really want to push that more and explore that more.
2: I think it's so funny that I feel like with weddings, the default is that all-inclusive. And then with portraits, at least what I've seen for years is the default is not all-inclusive. And I think only since we have become so digital, back when it was before digital cameras were even a thing, I don't think it was really common at all for portrait photographers to be all-inclusive. And then digital came and obviously an influx of photographers came in. And I think it just became more normal but i think if you're going back to the original structure i would say that that is the most classic not all inclusive either a session fee and collections or a session fee and a la carte however you want to do it after really is like going old school or classic kim do you think do you do you remember that
0: i do so when we started the studio we were the very first digital shooters in our area and for years People would pay a session fee and then they would come and view their images and place their order. And we held on to that until when there were more and more photographers. And basically, we were the only one asking them to come and view their images and not just giving them digital images. And it's so funny, I was just thinking, looking back, like we, and I'll say to my I got busy with indie and TMA and all the things, and I gave in too. Was, okay, this is what you're asking for. You want the digital files, and yeah. I look back all because I. That's what our associate photographers wanted to do too. They wanted to just be able to shoot and move on. and And now looking back, I'm like, oh, that was such a mistake. It was such a mistake, and not just from a financial outlook, but also I had a client, a sweet grandmother. I had shot all of her grandkids through the years. She texted me last year in a panic um, because she had three discs for three grandchildren and she could not find her disc (laughs) for Mm -hmm. her fourth grandchild. (laughs) And she did not have the the images from the session. And oh my gosh, did I have them? And what were we going to do? And I was like, oh, let me look. Let me go back and let's see if we can find them. And I found them. She came in and she actually ordered for them all four sessions. And then that's what she gave her children for Christmas. And I was like, how many people? Like she's like, how do I give them? What do I do with I'm like, okay, first of all, we've got to get these images off of the disc. Look, she's because look, the computers don't even have a drive anymore. We've got a, she's like like a thumb drive. I'm like, that's almost gone too now. So she's, what do I do with them? And we need to get them in the cloud for one. Like, how do I do that? And then two, we should print these. Let's print. Let's get prints of everything. And, but how many people through the years did nothing with that disc and? they're gone maybe they're gone they're gone
2: i think people are really starting to realize it i think it took a while for people to see that happen to to realize that oh i have this on a cd a disk and i can't access it it wasn't an issue 10 years ago whereas now it's been 10 15 years since probably 15 17 since digital came out but now people are really starting to see oh this is a problem Mm -hmm. Like this is an issue that I need to do something about. And I know we said this in the group too, but because you asked about this question in membership, but for me, that anything, literally anything that I can do business-wise, style-wise, whatever relating to my business that is different from the norm in general and then the norm especially like in my area – I think the better, because I think that makes you stand out. And if nothing else, people say to themselves, why is everybody doing it this way? Why is everybody asking me for, I don't know, let's say five 500 to to $1,000 up front, all-inclusive for sessions. But this photographer is doing it this way. Like, I want to be different. I want to know what is so special about this way. Why does she feel strongly about doing it this way when literally everybody else does it this way. Like that for me is the goal, right? So I think especially if you are seeing that everybody's all-inclusive, that helps you stand out. And I think it truly is so much easier to book higher paying clients when you're not a high rate of all-inclusive. If you're 200 to $800 all-inclusive, that's a little bit easier because they're not asking for that much money up front without seeing their pictures. But if your minimum after doing your cost of doing business is like 1500 2000 2500 that's a lot for people to just hand over before they've even stepped foot in your studio or met you or photographed their session or have seen their images. And so I think it truly is a service to clients to say, hey, I'm only going to take a smaller amount up front to schedule your session and then once you see your images like you buy what you love and you pay for what you love and you don't have to commit to anything for sure like upfront before we even photograph your baby or your belly whatever it is yeah yeah it makes a lot of
1: sense I think for me it was definitely just my fear talking (laughs) (laughs) and sometimes you just need a a pep talk don't you? you just need to be reassured and to know that you are on the right path especially for me, having to build up this new client base, hearing from previous clients that it's too much money, it's all of those little things that sometimes you just need a little bit of a boost from someone who knows what they're talking about. And that's what
2: you all gave me. So thank you for that. Of course. And I i definitely think that it is hard when you're coming from a smaller amount and have repeat clients that are going, whoa, that is different from before. But try to think of it as even if you stayed all-inclusive, let's just, I don't know what yours is for sure, but let's just say your minimum cost of doing business per session is $2,000. If you were all-inclusive at $500, either way, no matter if you do all-inclusive still, or you switch to collecting a session fee, creative fee, commission fee up front, And then a la carte after, either way, you have to hit that $2,000. So really they're saying, they're not saying no to the structure. They're saying no to, I don't want to pay more than $500. And really you can't do anything about that. You have realized that to stay in business and to make this sustainable, you need to raise your rates. And so regardless of what structure you go with or you're using, Usually if people are like, I can't do that, it's a budget thing and it's not because they don't want to pay in two payments and not have it all inclusive. What they really mean is no, they want it cheap for one low price. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the other thing that I was thinking about when I was considering all of this pricing structure stuff was I wanted people to have these print products so badly that I was thinking, okay, maybe I can include that in the initial. Fee just so that they can have them and see how beautiful they are. Because I'm worried that no one will buy them without me basically forcing them on them.
2: (laughs) Yeah, there are definite ways to make sure that your clients get products. I think if you are at all interested in doing collections, you could do still a session fee up front and then just have all of your collections include some kind of product. I'm not a huge collection. Fan, but I think it's a really good way to, you said, force them <laughs> to have products because you can still give them what they think they want, which is their files in those collections, but you can then have products in them as well. I think that's the easiest way. I've also yeah. seen, and I'm not a huge print credit fan, but people who will do that session via front and then whether they do collections or a la carte after, but all or part of it will become a print credit. And so that kind of can encourage them to basically, if they don't use it on products, they're going to lose that money. That money just becomes like a full session fee, but you could play around with it that way too.
1: Mm, Yeah. Because I think that really the best way to fully serve our clients is for them to walk away with some kind of printed product. And I think it's, finding out the best way to make sure that they get what, like you say, what they think they want, but also get what
0: we know will bring them so much joy. I agree. When when I did- in- oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask you, I know there for a while, you were including a, an album credit in with your creative
3: fee, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was. I toyed around with doing like an album credit for a while. Um, and then I was going to say whenever I did collections, this was – gosh, probably five years ago or more, but I did digital files, digitals, and an album or digitals. And then I had frames, like three different like frame options. So basically like a small wall gallery, a medium wall gallery, and like a large wall gallery that they could choose from. And out of everything that I probably toyed around with outside of the current a la carte that was probably my most successful pricing structure. If that's the direction that you are wanting to go with, I can definitely share my old pricing structure with you so that you can use that as some inspiration to structure things because when I did that, clients really did like it. I just I'll echo what Jenny said. I did notice that they it capped them. So I did have an a la carte uh, Menu in addition to the collection. So, in my head, I was wanting them to buy a collection and then add on other things. But when they bought the collection, that's they were done. They didn't, they in their head, that was it. They bought a collection, they were finished. So, I do feel like the collections do cap them. And so, when you're creating them, you have to keep that in mind that, like, when they have purchased one, that's pretty much it. So, you have to structure them with that mindset. Of knowing that, at least for me, they don't go on to buy really anything else after that.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Definitely something to consider.
3: So why do you
0: not offer the album credit any longer, Allison? Kim,
3: I try things all the time. I play around with different things and see what sticks and what doesn't. My current pricing, now I have switched to offering like a, it's what Jenny does. It's the spend this, get that. So I had done that for a long time. I took that away. I did the album credit. Now I'm back to doing that. So I just throw things out there and see what people wind up liking, what they don't like. And I did it encourage people? Did people use it on albums? Uh, they did use it, but I didn't see as much of an increase as I wanted it to. And so I feel like I don't know. Going into it, I wasn't quite sure if it would act like a print credit where people don't really, in my experience, I think I tried a print credit like way, 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 way early in my career. And like it's not really ever used. Like they just, I don't know, don't use it in my experience. Which is odd because as a client, when, before I was ever a photographer, my photographer gave me a print credit, and you best believe I used that. So I obviously am not my ideal client. but <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I did sell more albums, but not as many as I wanted to. So I'm to- like I switched it to see if this whole spend more, get more changes things up. We'll see. I, I switch things every couple of weeks. We, who knows?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Joanna, did we answer most of your questions? Are there other things you wanted to chat about? Yeah, you definitely answered everything that's been going through my mind. Um,
1: <laughs> it's been so nice to just hear all of your insights about everything, and it's been really re- reassuring as well. I'd awesome. love to.
0: Yeah, I'd love to know how did you find the motherhood anthology.
1: I saw an ad on Instagram and I think I've seen these ads pop up for quite a while before I actually properly looked into it. So it's been subliminally laying the seeds for a while. (laughs) And then it just popped up again at the right moment for me in my life where I was feeling like I needed a change and I saw it and I just thought, okay, I'm going to try this and see what it's like. And to to be honest, I thought I'm going to, probably just do it for the month and get as much as I can from it and then I'll just cancel my membership but I've completely been sucked into the Facebook group has just been amazing (laughs) I know it's been said before that is worth the membership alone um, aside from all the amazing content in the actual membership
0: I know. I think we we should just quit the library. <laughs> yeah.
2: I know. I feel like having that smaller group of people, obviously not only can you ask the three of us anything about anything at any time, but having those people that have been in there, especially for a really long time and know what they what works for them, what's not working for them, and we can talk about it. It's just a really great smaller group of people that really adds so much to it. And it would not be the same without, I feel like our members make it what it is. And so that's you and everybody else in there. And that makes a huge difference. But I also feel like
1: you make it different too, because I've done other courses in the past where they've had Facebook groups and the people running the courses, they're just not present in the groups. And so it becomes a community within, like between the other photographers that have done the courses, but Mm -hmm. in this group, if people ask a question or they need advice, you are all so present and you're all there all the time and you're quick to respond and you're so helpful. And I just think that's such an amazing support network that, that you are involved in and that you've grown and like that really is unique, I think. To the
2: course. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. I feel like sometimes we're like annoyingly in there where people are like, (laughs) y'all are answering every single question. And we're like, yeah, that's our job. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad that you like it.
0: Yeah. And we're really, Um, we're really not going to quit the library. But I think people use (laughs) the content as a resource when they're looking for something specific because there's six years worth of content there now. Um and we add to that every month. But like you said, people over and over again say that just that group is worth the membership fee um, because it is, and you're right, I belong to a lot of groups just because I'm so interested in um memberships and what people do and how things are set up and and ours is the most active by far. You're gonna get some feedback quickly any time of the day. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: think it makes it le- less scary for people like myself when you're unsure about something and you are you feel like you're quite vulnerable posting in there and you just know that you're going to get a warm response and that you're going to get the support that you need. That's such a special thing that you've created. Oh,
0: that's awesome. It is. Thank you so much. This, you're so wonderful to talk to and Thank we appreciate you. you.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been amazing.
0: The education and membership that you heard Joanna so fondly speak of is currently open for enrollment for just a few more days. If you join us, you'll instantly have five years of education and a private community of like-minded photographers just waiting to share knowledge and support with you. It's only $45 a month with absolutely no commitment. And I think it's the best value that you'll find in an amazing way to start the new year for your business. So simply head over to themotherhoodanthology.com and join us today. So I want to end this with a quote from Seth Godin. If you're willing to do something that might not work, you're closer to becoming an artist. So from our lens to yours, until next time, friends.